Hello, and welcome back to His Simple Truths Podcast. I'm Greg Mullins. And I'm Tyson Thompson. Hello, everybody. We are excited once again to be with you. It's been a couple weeks, um, but uh, that just means more stuff built up. We've got this podcast and a couple more are already backed up, ready to go. So we're super excited to share with you what the Lord's been sharing with us. This podcast is a special one, and I'm really excited about it. This is the title of this podcast. Again, remember, this was given many, many months ago, and it's just fallen in step by step as we've gone through these podcasts. So it's titled The Promise Reward. Um, so as we look around the world and everything that's happening right now, I hear a lot of people, oh, it's scary. Oh, it's dark. Things are getting worse. All of these horrible things, right? We got We got people that are like... Well, I understand these things, but then I go to church and other people don't understand them and they reject me because I understand different things, right? Like all of those things, you know, play a factor into this. And it's like, like Greg said, like people are confused, right? Like, why is this all happening? Yeah. So the whole point of this podcast, we're not going to talk about any darkness. We're going to talk about the things you're supposed to be doing, not supposed to be doing, Literally, what we want to share with you today is what is available to you on the light side, right? What God is placing upon the earth, and it is awesome. Like, if we could even begin to comprehend what he is just begging us to pick up and run with, like, Satan doesn't even stand a chance. The darkness doesn't even stand a chance, right? Um, so the first piece that we really want to talk about is is the love of God, Right? Charity is the pure love of Christ. Um, it is the ultimate tool that's available right now. And I just want to express to everybody out there, especially those that we've mentored with, how much love God has for you, right? And when I say God, I mean Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother, because they are with one without the other cannot be, right? Heavenly Father needs Heavenly Mother to be God. And Heavenly Mother needs Heavenly Father to be God. They are one and the same. So when I say the love of God, I mean coming from both of them. As we get to mentor with different people and feel God's love for them, it's almost overwhelming at times to know how much Heavenly Father loves you and how much your Heavenly Mother loves you. Um, if you haven't had the opportunity yet, to go converse with your Heavenly Mother and ask her how she feels about you. Just, I encourage you to do that. <laughs> like, like singularly most healing experiences of my existence, right? Yeah. Obviously being ministered to by the Godhead, right? Like, but Heavenly Mother is there and she's waiting for you to, to just ask her literally as simply as you can I want to feel your love for me yeah. and just ask that question. I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that will come. If you're prepared and you genuinely want to receive it, it will be there. Yep. And we obviously speak about her with the utmost reverence, yes. knowing how our Heavenly Father feels about her, right? I can testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that she has taught me beautiful truths about the priesthood, about who I am, about my role. Um, she is the same nurturing mother 
that any mother is to her children and desires to be a part of our lives. And I believe as we move forward that that's going to become more and more evident, um, her role in our lives, especially in your lives as sisters. Um, understanding how your heavenly parents view you is the most powerful tool that you can have. That is your armor, right? Because if you view yourself as they view you, which you can only do if you know how they view you, you're unstoppable. Like Satan has no power over you. Um, and in a future podcast, we'll talk a little bit more exactly how to be able to see yourself as they do. Um, if you're struggling with that, jump on a mentoring call. We can walk you through it. Um, it's hard to do in a group setting. It's a lot easier to do one-on-one -on -one where we can really dig into it and figure it out. But anyway. Help you to kind of see where you are um, and then understand, you know, what, what help you discover what step to take next, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So. A lot that we hear right now is what Tyson mentioned, and that's people are feeling like they should step up and step out and do more, but they're afraid. And or they do step out and step up, and then somebody smacks them, right? Yeah. Even some church leaders, right, are like, well, you know, you, that's looking beyond the mark, right? Like, yep. and, and, it, and, it, and they, they get scared, right? And then, and I've actually even seen somebody stand up and teach things that they know aren't correct because they're afraid or they're not they're not commensurate with the level of understanding that this person has. I should say it that way. Um, maybe that they're not completely incorrect, but they're, they're dumbing down things that they know at a different, more powerful level because they're afraid to let that light shine. They're, they're afraid to, <clears throat> to step outside of what the culture and tradition tells them they should and what other people are going to think about them in the process. Yeah. So that whole piece, culture and tradition, right? That's where everybody gets stuck because they feel like they're not supposed to do anything unless the prophet tells them to. Okay, so we have pages of quotes that we're going to go through today. Everything we're going to talk about, a prophet said it. So you can do it. And if somebody says you're not supposed to do that, say, the prophet told me to and go to work. Right? right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, yep. So this is, this is not meant to be a call to repentance, but a a way to free you to unlock the gates, right? And just charge forward. People so many times they're like, if I say anything different than what the prophet says, and I'm like, wait a second, the prophet said that. Like it's in writing. Right. <laughs> just go do it. So we're gonna start with Revelation, because this is this is the most important piece. Okay, so I hear a lot. I can't I'm not supposed to converse with the Lord. Right, I'm not supposed to seek a face-to-face -face encounter with the Lord. Even have people come up to us and be like, "So, uh, I heard you say that uh, you should converse with the Lord. Um, that you you feel like that should happen. Where's that at?" Yeah, I'm like, uh, the prophet said it. Yeah, and, and so and it's in the most the most crucial transition point in the temple talks about conversing with the Lord. So, like. This isn't Greg and I making stuff up. This is the Lord literally telling you, 
converse with him. Yeah. And so let's just make this very clear. When we say the Lord, we say we're meaning Jesus Christ, Jehovah, right? Yes. There's Heavenly Father, who we pray to, and there's conversing with the Lord. These are two different things, right? And I've had people say, the only place I can find in the scripture where people talk to the Lord is in Third Nephi when they're praying to Jesus, and that's because he was on the earth, right? Okay, so here's some quotes for you to release you from that, because I promise you, I testify to you in his name, even Jesus Christ, that he wants to converse with you and teach you directly. I got to say this really quick, and then and then I want you to share those. But brothers and sisters, you have to understand that there is nothing comfortable about stretching like the prophets talked about, right? This isn't supposed to be a comfortable process. I remember conversing with the Lord. I'll say that because it's what it was. And I was like, man, this isn't very comfortable, Lord. And he's like, aren't you glad? that you have people in your life who've been willing to be uncomfortable in their pursuit of discipleship to include himself. He didn't say that. Right. But I'm like, I thought about it. My mom, super uncomfortable for a long period of time, gave birth to me. My stepdad who came in and rescued me at a critical moment when he thought he had life figured out and was going to cruise into the sunset of, you know, his, his senior years of life without extra cares in the world, probably be riding around the country on a Harley, right? Like he got super uncomfortable, took on three boys, had three more boys. Like being uncomfortable is part of discipleship. And it's actually way more comfortable in my opinion, because your spirit, your body comes into alignment with your spirit. Your spirit starts running the show instead of being afraid with your flesh of what other people are going to think or, you know, stepping out and doing something different than everything everyone else is doing. This is the whole point. That's what Christ did. He came in the meridian of time when his people were in apostasy, even though they had priesthood by lineage, they were in full on apostasy. And he's like, guess what, folks? It's time to get uncomfortable. All of you. So, yeah. Um, So in Come Follow Me this past week, we studied about Paul and Cornelius right? Cornelius, the Gentile who was not worthy of the gospel is praying and fasting to the Lord. Like I want more. I know there's more and I want it. Right. Peter, I said, Paul, I meant Peter. Peter is also fasting and praying and he is not praying to know whether Cornelius is supposed to have the gospel or not. Right. It's not even in his mind whether the Gentile should receive the gospel or not. But because his heart was prepared and he was open, the Lord spoke to Peter by way of a vision, right? And shows him that he is supposed to be willing to bless the life of an unclean person, right? Quote, unquote, unclean. Yeah. Cornelius sees that Peter is supposed to give him the further light and knowledge. So he sends an entourage to Peter, right? As Peter has his vision, they show up at the doorstep, right? All of this perfectly designed, and now Peter has a decision to make. He has to go against all of the traditions that have been taught to him forever. Even the other brethren of the 12, he had to go against them. And he knew that that's what he was supposed to do, and he was going to do it, period. But he still went and counseled with the 12, right? And what he did is he bore testimony in the name of his Lord, that he was 
had been given this vision and that the gospel was supposed to go to the Gentile and he pierced the hearts of those other disciples and they got on board, right? That's where we're at. Like those whose hearts and minds have been prepared, God is going to give you what you're supposed to do. And it's going to be uncomfortable. I guarantee you, Peter, and it even says that he struggled with that vision until finally it came into full clarity to him. And then he took it to his brother and like, I know this is out there. This is a little bit fringy, <laughs> but this is what the Lord's telling us to do. We're supposed to take the gospel of the Gentiles. Right. Right. And then bore solemn testimony of the witness that he had received personally, got other people on board and then went and got it done. Now, did everybody get on board? Heck no. The Pharisees and Sadducees were lit. They were furious that he was going there. Right. Next level of angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so these next three quotes are all from President um, Nelson. Does God really want to speak to you? Yes. And I remember when he said that, exclamation point, yes, right? Well might a man stretch forth his puny arm to stop the course of the Missouri River in its decreed course as to hinder the Almighty God from pouring down knowledge from heaven upon the heads of the Latter-day Saints. Okay, pouring down knowledge from heaven upon the heads of the Latter-day Saints. That's new information, pouring knowledge down upon you, right? That's not like studying your scriptures and doing your best to interpret what the heck they're talking about. That's literally receiving personal revelation of things that Doctrine and Covenants talk about that have never been revealed. That's part of the restoration process. And maybe for you, you're at a point where there's still things in the scriptures that you don't understand yet. So that light knowledge for you could be explanation to things that you don't yet understand, right? It's going to be a little bit different for everybody. Nobody's on the same playing field. Do not ever judge yourself against somebody else, right? right? Somebody else says they're having these special experiences and you're not having them. Do not look down upon yourself. You're at a different path than they are. People learn differently than other people. Some people see visions. I don't. Some people hear voices. I don't. Like, I hear it differently, right? So don't get discouraged. If you can't figure out how you're hearing it and feeling it, get some help. Get a mentor, right? Whether it's us or somebody else, there is specifics for you. And our prophet is telling you that the Almighty wants to pour down light knowledge into your mind. That's personal revelation. However you're ready to receive it or wherever you're at on that course. It's been so fun too to watch people have that light turn on, right? And they they discover it through mentoring or other things that we've done, how the Lord speaks to them. And then they're like messaging us back the next day, like, holy smokes, <laughs> right? And Greg and I have been there. We're like, slow down. I can't handle this much. Fire hose. Right? Exactly. Like, a lot. <laughs> the Missouri River is a great illustration of exactly what happens at times. You're like, yeah. holy smokes. Yep. <clears throat> So the next quote, I urge you to stretch beyond your current spiritual ability to receive personal revelation. That's not the standard quo, kids. Stretch beyond anything you've ever done before, right? You need to be willing to stick your neck out there and stretch. And it's going to hurt. Stretching hurts. If you ever stretch before a workout, it's not a comfortable experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's how you prepare yourself to receive that flood of knowledge and information. So I urge you to stretch beyond your current ability to receive personal revelation. The 
For the Lord has promised that if thou shalt seek, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people come on a mentoring appointment and say, I'm not supposed to go into the mysteries. Like, people get mad if I go into the mysteries, right? How long halt ye between two opinions? Right. The prophet and God has told you in multiple scriptures all throughout, seek the mysteries, right? And then the Sadducees and Pharisees within the church and out are like, well, don't look beyond the mark. Well, folks, my mark is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said, seek the mysteries. Yeah. So do it. Yeah. And do it unapologetically. You don't have to stand up in sacrament meeting and say, I'm seeking the mysteries, right? But seek them. And then when the Lord tells you to share it with somebody, share it with them. If he tells you to be quiet, be quiet. Right. Don't say a word. Right. <laughs> if Like this is, this is all directed by the hand of the Lord on... People are at different levels. If you haven't studied Jacob's Ladder yet in the book of Isaiah, that's a great place to start. Um, and we're not going to talk about that right now, but if you want more information on it, get a hold of us. We'll help you get there. But people are on different levels of progression, right? People are moving at different speeds, and that's okay. There's no need to be frustrated with somebody because they're moving at a different speed than you are. But it is not okay for you to just sit back because you don't want to ruffle somebody's feathers, right? Because you're worried about somebody saying you're a fringer or right. whatever it is. Like, here's the prophet. This is our current prophet. This is God's voice on the earth saying stretch beyond anything you've ever stretched before. Because if you're not stretching, guess what? You're lukewarm. And we know what the Lord said about lukewarm, right? He'd either, that we'd be hot or cold, but lukewarm, he's going to spew you out. If you're sitting there afraid to act on what you know to be true because you're worried about somebody else and their opinion of what you're doing, you are lukewarm. Yeah. And, and again, that's Greg and I are in the same boat. Like him and I just had a conversation before this podcast, how we know we need to step it up to the next level. Yeah commensurate with what we understand. That's right. Okay, here's the next one. Oh, there is so much more that your Father in Heaven wants you to know. As Elder Maxwell taught, to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, it is clear that the Father and the Son are giving away the secrets of the universe. Okay, more that He wants to give you. This More that your Father in Heaven wants you to know. That's more than what you currently have more than what you currently understand, right? Those three quotes take away all excuses of whether or not you should be seeking higher light and knowledge, right? We live in the very last hours of the last days. Satan is raging. We've talked about it many times in the podcasts. You are not left sitting there in the mud to get your trash kicked, God will give you power, light, and knowledge that you can stand up and start winning. Absolutely. It's interesting because Greg and I have had this conversation in the miracle over and over. We've talked about it where it, we have people we talk to who are like, they call us on the, in mentoring sessions and we start talking and the Lord it, uh, has Greg and I express things through the spirit to them. And 
They will weep. They'll start crying. And they're like, these are all things I've known, but I've rejected or I've not claimed or accepted because I'm afraid of what the implications Stepping are. Stepping outside of the box. Right. And, and so here's the thing, brothers and sisters, I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ, that there are those of you right now that are listening that know and understand things about the plan of the plan of salvation, about yourself, on what level you're at, all of these things, and the Lord's taught them to you, and you haven't accepted them yet, give us a call. We can have that conversation with you through the Spirit of the Lord and help you to understand and then claim and accept what you're being taught and be a second witness. That's all we want to do is be a witness through Christ that what you've been taught is true so that you can help. So it will help you move forward. Absolutely. Okay. So moving on to the power of the priesthood. Okay. This quote is also from the prophet. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to help us. And his son, Jesus Christ, gave his life for us all so that we could have access to godly power power sufficient to deal with the burdens and obstacles and temptations of our day. Okay. We've been told Satan's increases efforts, variety. It's getting crazy. We all know that we all see it. And here's the prophet telling us that the reason why the savior gave his life is to give us access to power sufficient to overcome those things. Right. So we don't have to sit back and just get squashed. Temple film talks about that Satan has power to bruise our hill, but we have power to crush his head, right? And so we're going to talk about some of those. Um, This next quote is from Elder Eyring. He says, The power and authority of the Melchizedek priesthood is to hold the keys of all the spiritual blessings of the church, to have the privilege of receiving the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, to have the heavens opened unto them, to commune with the general assembly and church of the firstborn and to enjoy communion and presence of God the Father and Jesus Christ, the mediator of the new covenant. Okay, we're going to stop right there for a minute because that was a lot of (laughs) awesomeness. That was a mouthful. (laughs) Okay, so let's start with to have privilege of receiving the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We just beat that over the head, but here's a second witness from the first counselor in the first presidency, the next most important guy at the top of the food chain, right? (laughs) Okay, so um, the second part of that, to have the heavens open to them and to commune with the general assembly and church of the firstborn. That right there, he's telling you that you have the authority. He just gave you permission to communicate with angels from the city of Enoch. Greg... You're looking beyond the mark. (laughs) Like these are exalted beings that have already obtained glory that he is telling us that we have permission to have the heavens opened and to have them talk to us and teach us and help us and guide us and lead us. Right. I got to share this story really quick. So James one five, right. The, The scripture that Joseph read in order to kick off the whole restoration was actually given to him by a, a pastor, right? Who taught it in a sermon. Joseph's like, that's the scripture, right? Yeah. He goes, he reads it at home and, and it resonates with him. He goes out to the, to the forest. He prays about it and then goes back to this pastor. And it's like, I did it. And this is what happened. 
and the pastor's response is, shucks, boy, it's all the devil, right? Like, <laughs> that's the quote, quoting Matt, Truman Matson, like, his account of it, right? But it's like, well, you know, the scriptures say this. And You're the supposed are, to take it literally, right, you fringer. That's the problem with these guys. These guys go out there and they start taking literally what the... Brothers and sisters, Moses said he would to God that all men would be prophets. And Joseph Smith said that the t- a testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So I'm not a prophet for the world, but I tell you and I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that I am a prophet with the stewardships the Lord's given me. Yeah. 100%. I'm probably going to get X'd for that. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then the next part of this really gets intense. Okay. So we can communicate with these exalted beings now. Now the next part to enjoy the communion and presence of God the Father and Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Okay, for those of you who have been told you can't seek to have a one-on-one experience with the Savior and with your Heavenly Father, here is a prophet of God called right now to minister to the earth at this time that is telling you that you can have that communion with them. So if someone's telling you not to pursue that, I'm just going to be very blunt and blatant here. They're not listening to the Lord. Listening to the wrong voice. The adversary is telling them to tell you to not pursue that. They're listening to the adversary. Think about how perfectly designed that is, right? If Satan can keep us from being willing to pay the price necessary to receive those blessings, he's got you in lockdown. Lukewarmness. Right? (laughs) Okay. Quote goes on. Everyone being ordained after this order and calling should have power by faith to break mountains, divide seas, dry up waters, and turn them out of their course, to put at defiance armies, the armies of nations, to divide the earth, to break every band, to stand in the presence of God, to do all things according to his will, according to his command, subdue principalities and powers, and this by the will of the Son of God, which was from before the foundation of the world. Okay? Again, there was a whole lot of information in there, so let's just break some of these down really quick. So faith to break mountains, divide seas, dry up water, and turn them out of their course. Leads me back to Enoch, right? So here's, here's a quote about Enoch. The Lord said it, or... Yeah, this is from the scripture. I can't remember where I found this. Oh, yeah, it's Moses chapter 6, verse 32. And the Lord said unto Enoch, Go forth and do as I have commanded thee, and no man shall pierce thee. Open thy mouth, and it shall be filled, and I will give thee utterance. For all flesh is in my hands, and I will do as seemeth me good. Behold, my spirit is upon you. Wherefore, all thy words will I justify, and the mountains shall flee before you, and the rivers shall turn from their course, and thou shalt abide in me, and I in you. Therefore, walk with me. Brethren, our ordination of the priesthood is an invitation from the Lord to walk with him. So Christ's definition of walking with him is to be able to do these mighty works, to turn mountains, rivers out of their course, to break down mountains, all the things that Enoch did. Remember, Enoch was called to his position in weakness. Enoch didn't feel like he was worthy to be there, right? And Enoch was looking at the world, and hmm, it looked a lot like our world does right now, right? (laughs) People, it was in total chaos. People were being 
just terrible with each other. Everything that's happening on the planet was happening in Enoch's day. And the Lord's like, Enoch, I need you to step up. And Enoch's like, Lord, I don't feel like I'm ready. I don't feel like I'm worthy. This just came to my mind. Weakness turned over to the Lord becomes meekness and real power. Oh, love it. That, I mean, that's so true. That's exactly what Enoch did, right? And look at every prophet throughout all the dispensations. Our president, Nelson, just stood up and said, I was born in a family that wasn't active. My parents weren't active, right? Did he go, no, oh, this is dumb. I, you know, no, he like got after it, right? Smashed bottles of liquor in the basement, <laughs> right? He's like, nope, like I'm going to do, that game. <laughs> right? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, right? And had the privilege of sealing his parents yeah. as an apostle, wow. right? Like not afraid, right? His weakness in that situation became meekness, which turned into real power. Yeah. Okay, so the next part, to put at defiance the armies of nations. How many of us are getting beat down by a few individuals, right? (laughs) Right. And here's the prophet saying, you can have power to push back the entire armies of nations. Nations, right? Not just one nation, right? Yeah. To divide the earth, to break every band. That one right there hit me huge. Um, To break every band. How many people do you know that are bound right now by the adversary? In addictions, in whatever it is. Fear. Fear. They're just bound, right? So I was not going to introduce this, but the Spirit's telling me to now. So we have been working for months now on a class to help people break bands, um, addiction recovery, whatever you want to call it. Anybody, anybody that's listening to this podcast that you feel like you're stuck, right? Satan's got you somehow, whether it's a pornography addiction, an alcohol addiction, um, food addiction, fear addiction, I don't care what it is. We have put together a mentoring course that we're going to actually launch next week that's going to be available. And the Lord has taught us how to break these bands, these things that people are bound by, right? We can help you to get past those things with the help of the Lord, with what he's taught us. And it's a combination of AA's program and the church's 12-step program. And I even had this amazing sister that sent me all of the well-briety stuff from the Native Americans and... And then we've got all of the stuff the Lord has taught us. And all of these things have gone into this program. And it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, it's going to change people's lives forever. Especially the brethren who are not recognizing or not stepping up to receive their power because they don't feel worthy, right? Because they're struggling with pornography or they're struggling with whatever it is. And they're like, there's no way I can step up and be God's emissary because I'm not worthy. If that's you... When we launch these classes and we're going to open up a bunch more mentoring appointment slots to be able to help people and facilitate that, jump in and get an appointment and let's get you started down the path of healing. Because a lot of these courses teach that once you're an addict, you're always an addict, right? I'm calling BS. It is not true. God's power, Christ's atonement has power to heal you and we can get you on that path. It's available, and I'm freaking excited no, to launch that. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I, those bands, too, 
think of them differently, right? Brethren, there are so many powerful brethren that Greg and I know, and we're, they're powerful, but we also know they're stuck in addiction, right? They're veiled. You can think of it that way. They are being veiled, right? Being held back because of that. And br- brothers and sisters, the story of Paul this last week, it was funny because Greg's recounting the come follow me from this week, and I wanted to say this, and then the timing wasn't right, and now the timing's right, right? Paul. There are people that left the church, the early church, because Paul was complicit in the stoning of Stephen, and then Paul becomes an apostle, right? That kind of stuff is going to happen in the restorative, in the restoration process. I'm not saying that somebody who killed one of the saints is going to be an apostle. I don't know. But I'm telling you that those kind of changes, we just were able to give a blessing to a brother yesterday, Greg and I who is absolutely a Paul-like figure who has struggled his entire life, who now is being unleashed, and he has power. Greg and I felt that power yesterday. He, like, he, he, was, he, he studied the life of Paul. We know it, right? And he sees Paul, and he's like, man, now I have this person who this great prophet who became one of the greatest of all time, right? Who, who went through the same things that I've gone through, right? As far as fighting against God and going the opposite direction and turns around and becomes one of the most powerful. I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that the most powerful men that are on the planet right now don't even know they're the most powerful men on the planet. Those are the twelfth hour laborers that that President Monson talked about, right? That in this twelfth hour, there's going to be people that wake up, and they're going to get the same reward, right? We know the parable. The Lord's going to pay them the same as those of us who have been fighting our whole lives. But if you're one of those that you've been stuck your whole life and you've not been participating because of whatever addiction or problem that you have know that the Lord is calling you up right now and it's okay. He's going to free you of all of those things. They'll be forgiven, forgotten, and lost and you can rise up right now and be these warriors that we've talked about in these podcasts. There's a lot of people that are sitting back thinking, no, that's not me because I'm not worthy of that. That is not true. Many brethren that we have mentored with and talked with have given us the parts and pieces that we needed to put this program together. Yep. And I promise you that you can rise up, be free of those shackles, those bonds, and be an emissary for the Lord that is, that's going to be like Paul, right? You are literal fulfillment of the scripture that says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Yeah. And the scripture that says that the Lord will bring forth the weak and simple things of the earth to break down the mighty and strong ones. You're called. Yeah. I testify in the name of Jesus Christ, you're called. So accept that call right now yep. and then start working toward that. Greg and I have overcome many of the things that we will help mentor you through. And, it, and it's only be, been because we have these simple truths that have become principles that are part of us now. Yep. And so we just want to help you discover that it's already inside of you and yeah. then help you move forward. Absolutely. So that the very next sentence after break every band is to stand in the presence of God. Okay, there it is again. For those of you, again, who are worried about being fringers, 
here's the first counselor saying again that you can stand in the presence of God. And if somebody says to you, well, that means after this life, then in your heart, and if the Lord tells you to say it out loud to him, that's fine. You can just look at him and say, that's probably true for you. That if you only desire it after this life, then you'll get it after this life. But I'm looking for it in this life because that's what the prophets have told me I can do. We're going to give you permission at the end of this podcast, another quote from the prophet to be able to say that, right? Love it. Okay. So uh, let's see. So to do all things according to his will, according to his commands, subdue principalities and powers. This is a big one. We're reading the New Testament right now, right? And every other third or fourth page, one of the apostles is casting a devil out of somebody. The Savior did it multiple times. The Savior said, it is an evidence of those that come in my name, a first evidence of those that come in my name, that they will cast out devils and unclean spirits. Now, I can't tell you why the tradition was formed in our church that we don't speak of such things. Right? Oh, we know why. Because <laughs> Satan's like, hey, uh, let's let's put that in ambiguity and put it over here on the mystery <laughs> shelf. Only prophets and apostles do that. That's uh, what it says in the scriptures. So uh, just leave that one alone. And shucks, boy, you know, medication and all these other things that have been created will help take care of what we call devils, right? And I'm not throwing medicine underneath the underneath the bus, but that's in some circumstances that's the only remedy right? right and we get that elder holland's talked about that many times i've taken medication myself for mental illness so i get it but when when satan can hide an ambiguity and behind something um and and destroy a, a true principle of the gospel of jesus christ like casting out devils and unclean spirits he's like yes yeah that's so our next podcast is going to be all about this principle of subduing principalities and powers, right? So we're not going to get into it a lot right now, but understand that God has a kingdom, structure, order, right? Satan does too on the other side. He has principalities and powers that are on level 10 full attack right now. And you just had permission given to you by a prophet to control and subdue those principalities and powers, okay? Um, so that is 100% available to you as well. Um, so a lot of times we hear all of these amazing things about the priesthood and the sisters are sitting back saying, well, I don't have the priesthood, so how does that apply to me? If you have been to the temple and you have been endowed, you have the priesthood. You have power. Okay, here's your prophet again. This is President Nelson. He says, We see faithful women who understand the power inherent in their callings and in their endowment and other temple ordinances. These women know how to call down the powers of heaven to protect and strengthen their husbands, their children, and others they love. These are spiritually strong women who lead, teach, and minister fearlessly in their callings with power and authority of God. How thankful I am for them. Okay? So, sisters, you don't get to sit back and say, well, I don't have the priesthood, so that's not me. I don't have the authority, so I can't participate. Here's your prophet. He just said, 
with power inherent in their calling and endowment and with authority, power and authority from God. You're participating in this, this last program, right? And if you don't yet understand how to operate in your power and your authority, I would suggest to you humbly that you go and ask your Heavenly Mother how to participate. I think she knows a little bit about it. Yeah, I would think so. Because <laughs> here's the thing. There is a feminine side of the priesthood, and there is a masculine side of the priesthood. And we know from the temple, in the ceiling, that the fullness is only achieved when the masculine and the feminine are placed together. Right? So your importance as a priesthood holder, as a priestess, is just as critical as your husband's authority as a priest, right? And that, I believe, will be made more evident very shortly. I just read a talk from Elder Maxwell, and he talked about all of the revelation that is going to be coming forth. Um, do you know the title of that? Uh, I'll look it up while you're talking. Okay, he'll look that up because I would highly recommend you listen to it because, again, there's a prophet giving you permissions, right? He's saying that there's at least 20 books that will be coming forth, scripture. Um, plus, we have the book of Enoch that's talked about in the Doctrine and Covenants that will come forward in the last days. We have the uh, sealed portion of the Book of Mormon that's going to be coming forward in the last days. And then he tops it all off with the books, the books of scripture that the 10 tribes will bring back that will just totally overshadow what we currently have. Right. And he even talks about how there's no true felicity or happiness without knowing who you are, past, present, future. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, so it's uh, it's God will yet reveal. It's uh, October 1986, Neil A. Maxwell. Listen to that talk. It's money. Listen to it multiple times because yeah. I'm still like, oh, this guy, <laughs> he hurts my brain and I love him. Like, I've listened to it four times and underlined and took notes and there's still more that I'm getting out of that talk. Like, if anybody's challenging you on the fact that the restoration's complete, have them read that talk. Yep. I love it. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Creighton for sending that to us because uh, mind blown. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So this quote is from President Oaks. He said, and this was two conferences ago, an elder is a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is commissioned to stand in the place instead of his master. Mic drop. <laughs> right? Can you imagine standing in the place instead of your master? An emissary of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, sisters, really quick, just to back up. So I know that there's a lot of sisters out there going, well, my husband isn't that elder, right? And now I'm being asked to step up. Well, here's the thing. It's perfectly designed. Who you're married to, go back and beckon to the, your prayers and whether or not you're supposed to be married. If your husband isn't stepping up, I'm a living example of how a righteous woman can help her husband to stand up. My wife literally came with a mission to save me, so much so that I'm afraid that she's going to be taken from me because I'm finally on the path, because she literally was a savior on Mount Zion as a convert to the gospel of Jesus Christ. She grabbed a hold of me by the shoulders more than one time, looked me in the eyes, and said, I know who you are. I love you forever, 
and I'm not giving up on you until you know who you are and start acting commensurately. And I was like, finally it sunk in. She's not going anywhere. And I've got to figure this out. And she helped me. So sisters, you can reach out to my wife. She would love to help you and mentor you through the process of helping your husband to, to come around. If, if he's not the man that you hoped he'd be, you're reading his patriarchal blessing and you're seeing what he's, his output, don't you dare give up on him. Because I am living proof that the Lord uses his daughters and our Heavenly Mother uses her daughters with the matriarchal priesthood and faith to turn the heart of a man to the Lord to become who he needs to be. And I testify to you, sisters, that you can do the same thing in the name of Jesus Christ. So what Tyson just did in testifying in the name of Jesus Christ was standing in the stead of his master, right? If you felt the spirit when he said that, then you know that he was called and asked by the Lord to deliver that message. So I'm going to read this again. An elder is a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is commissioned to stand in the place instead of his master. In ministering to his fellow men, he is the Lord's agent. Right? If you don't feel like the Lord's agent, brothers, if you don't feel like you're living up to your patriarchal blessing and you don't know how to get past where you're at, reach out for help. Because both of us needed help. Right? Trying to do this on your own is almost impossible. It is impossible. That's the whole point. Zion is not Zion on an island like we've talked about yeah. before. Zion is Zion as a group. We can't, I'm not willing to make a long list of things we can't do because eventually we'll be gods, but we can't do this on our own. We need first and foremost Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother, and then we, we need each other as that second witness and as that mortal person sitting next to you in the trenches going this really stinks how do i transcend this and then we we help each other we minister that's right again from elder oaks we who hold the priesthood of god have and this priesthood of god is male and female right we who hold the priesthood of god have the divine power that even governs entrance into the celestial kingdom of god okay we're not talking small fry stuff here. The Lord is telling us that we can become saviors on Mount Zion. There are so many people on the planet right now that don't even have a clue how to access God to, to even begin to receive any of these blessings, right? But you can't go out and get them unless you stood up yourself, right? It all starts with number one. We got to get there ourselves. And then we can go out and be that emissary for the Lord. In a plane, in a plane that's plummeting to the earth, you got to get your oxygen mask on first. Right. Then you can help other people. Yep. Okay. I think we pretty much beat that horse, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it needed to be beat. Yeah. So sorry, horse, but you got the beat down. <laughs> okay. The next one is angels. Yeah. Um, so this is an interesting one too that people seem to be struggling with the fact that a ministering angel can actually minister unto you, right? That, um, I don't know why that this one gets struggled with so much. There are so many quotes recently from the prophets, Elder Holland talking to us about both sides of the veil. There's a reason why they want us to do temple work, right? Every single one of those that we take through the temple and get freed from, from their 
personal prison are now emissaries on our side. And they're working for us. Um, so this is El Razban. Remember, they that be with us on both sides of the veil, those who love the Lord with all their heart, might, mind, and strength, are more than they that be with them. Yeah. And then this is from... I don't remember where this is from, a scripture. Uh, Neither have the angels ceased to minister unto the children of men. For behold, they are subject unto him, and to minister according to the word of his command, showing themselves unto them of strong faith and firm mind in every form of godliness. Okay, so a ministering angel can appear to you like they did to Joseph, and you can see them but it says those of firm mind in every form of godliness. So they're going to appear differently to every person. I personally have two of my ancestors, my great-great-great-great-grandfathers, who stand by my side pretty much constantly, right? And I converse with them frequently. If somebody calls me and says that they're struggling spiritually, I will dispatch one of them to go help. Um, especially if it's a family member, right? Um, these, this is one of our most powerful weapons that we can use right now is the gift of the ministering of angels. And this is a, a special ordinance for those Aaronic priesthood holders. And I have seen many Aaronic priesthood holders really grasp this as it's been talked about more and more in conferences, right? My sons use ministering angels frequently. It's interesting because I shared um, in a in a youth conference, a youth fireside, about how the young men have that. In fact, the young women can can pray and dispatch ministering angels too with their faith. That's a primary responsibility of the Aaronic priesthood. Mm-hmm. And I took a lot of flack for telling the youth and the young men that they needed to step up and start calling on ministering angels. But you know what? It didn't phase me. Because the Lord told me to say it. I wasn't up there spouting off my own stuff. I was literally telling the young men what God told him, told them in Doctrine and Covenants 84. Like, he's the one who said it, right? So you have the same power. All of us do. By virtue of the covenant we made at baptism, you have now have that power of the Lord to dispatch angels to help other people. My 10-year-old daughter... Every night now calls upon ministering angels to protect our home. Ten years old, right? And she says it with absolute faith. First time I heard her say it, I almost started crying, right? Like she gets it. Like she's freaking ten years old and she gets it. She doesn't go to bed without asking for ministering angels to protect her. That should be our attitude. We shouldn't want to step out the front door into a full battlefield without knowing that we have an army behind us, right? As you're sharing that about your very precious daughter who's got a, you know, just an unconquerable spirit, I literally could see, because I've seen Greg's house, like elbow to elbow angels surrounding your house. Like I can see and feel that. Like it's, think about that. The faith that she has to call down a legion of angels to stand guard over your home and they're doing it because they were asked and invited and prayed for by a 10 year old by a 10 year old girl girl (laughs) (laughs) yep no excuses like 
the ministering of angels is our greatest tool. Think about our ancestors on the plains. They would not have got their hand carts across the plains without probably a lot of us on the backside of those hand carts pushing for them, right? We have been ministering angels to prior generations, and now it's their turn to be that for us. And if we're not utilizing that resource, we are not. We are living way below our privileges, right? Um, okay, so there's. We could spend a whole podcast on angels, but we're running out of time, so I'm gonna jump to miracles. Okay, miracles don't happen in our day, right, Tyson? No. Shucks, boy, it's all the devil. <laughs> Wherefore, my beloved brethren, this is Moroni, have miracles ceased because Christ hath ascended into heaven and what, and hath sat down on the right hand of God to claim of the Father his rights of mercy which he hath upon the children of men. And now, my beloved brethren, if this be the case, that these things are true, which I have spoken unto you, and God will show unto you with power and great glory at the last day that they are true, and if they are true, has the day of miracles ceased? Or have angels ceased to appear unto the children of men? Or has he withheld the power of the Holy Ghost from them? Or will he, so long as time shall last, or the earth shall stand? Or there shall be one man upon the face of the earth to be saved? Behold, I say unto you, Nay. For it is by faith that miracles are wrought, and it is by faith that angels appear and minister unto men. Wherefore, if these things have ceased, woe be unto the children of men, for it is, bec- it is because of unbelief, and all is vain. Like, we don't even have to say, add anything to that, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I would add this, and it's the, it's the, the words of the Lord, right? And I said this, and in, 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 Greg and I are not, uh, we don't get a pass on people looking at us sideways when we say things, even at church. But I remember... Over and over, I feel prompted to say, therefore what? You know, like let's liken these scriptures to ourselves. The Lord told his apostles and the saints of his day, and thereby us, that we would do mightier works than he did as far as miracles go yeah. on the earth. Our current prophet said that. Right. I didn't say that, right? I just repeated what had been said, right? That's reality. Like the Lord is literally going through, through us is going to do mightier miracles than he did in his life while he walked the earth. And obviously they're all his miracles, but he, he's like, I did some pretty great things. Then I did the greatest miracle, which is fulfill the atonement. But because of that, I'm going to give you the privilege as a people to do greater things than I did. So right after the Savior leaves, Peter steps up finally, right? He gets it and, and realizes who he is and steps into the fullness of his power. And they start to bring people to the porch of Solomon who are sick. And they lay them out in rows, right? And Peter walks down the rows and his shadow being cast upon them heals them. Okay, the Savior took people one by one and healed them, which was amazing, right? Well, he said he was going to have greater works done by his apostles. And very next verses, we start to, and you know, we learn that Peter is walking down the rows of sick people and his shadow being cast upon them is healing them. 
what? Right? He converts, right? He stands up and teaches a congregation and converts 5,000 people at once. Christ didn't do that, right? That's a greater work than Christ did during his mortal ministry. I love the, the last week's Come Follow Me again, right? Peter, the, the Sadducees and Pharisees are livid, right? And even, I can't remember the leader's name, whoever the leader of the Roman Legion was, is like just done with Peter, right? So he's already put him in prison once and Peter's got out. The Lord let him out, right? So he catches him again, puts him in prison, puts a legion of guards around him, has two guys on either side of him, two guards that are sitting with him while he's chained to the, to the bench, right? Like, there's no way Peter's getting out this time. And he's just killed John, and he's ready to do the same thing to Peter. And the Lord's like, Peter, it's time to get out of prison. <laughs> Peter's like, sweet. <laughs> Stands up, the chains fall off, puts his clothes on, walks through all of those soldiers that are supposedly guarding him, right? And goes back to work. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like Houdini, Houdini ain't got nothing on Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the type of miracles that we should be performing. We should be working at getting there, right? Understanding how that's done, why that's done. We don't just move a mountain because we want to. Right. Right. Enoch was moving mountains and rivers to stop armies that were coming after him as he preached the gospel and developed Zion. That's why we're going to have to know how to do those things because those days are upon us. Right, but that's not a pass to be like, okay, well, when it comes, I'll develop right the faith necessary. No, you develop the faith now. These, all things are created spiritually. Develop the faith now and the, the skill set now by turning to the Lord, and then when the time comes, you'll be standing at the edge of the water like Moses and be like, well, everyone's like, what are we going to do now? And he's like, I'm just going to stick this staff in the water here. Boop. And then everything opens up, right? <laughs> We're crossing, boys. Yeah, let's go. Okay, Acts two seventeen, And it came to pass that in the last, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. What? My prophesy. sons and daughters are going to prophesy? <sighs> Here we go. Be daughters being prophets. Come on. <laughs> Prophetess. That's a real thing. Come on. We know only the men hold the priesthood, so they're the only ones that can be prophets. Wrong. And only seasoned high priest men can become prophets. Right. right? No. Upon all your flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out in those days my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Like these blessings, this is coming from your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? This is not Tyson and Tom, Tyson and Greg, Fringer, Northern Idahoans that are spewing blasphemy, right? This is from your prophet, your living prophet, past prophets, and your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that these miracles are being offered to you. Yeah, um, there's a lot more that I wanted to go over in this podcast, but the Lord's taking it where he wanted it to. So I just want to close with this from President Eyring. 
one way to respond to such awe-inspiring descriptions of power is to assume that they do not apply to us. Another way to respond is with a soul-searching question asked in our own hearts, such as these. Have I felt the heavens have been opened to me? Would anyone use the phrase ministering angels to describe my priesthood service? Do I bring the power of godliness into the lives of those I serve? Have I ever broken a mountain, defied an army, broken someone's bands, or subdued worldly powers, even if only figuratively, in order to accomplish the will of God? We are in a little season right now of peace, relative peace, at least in the United States. Other places, not so much, right? And a lot of people that we've talked to are like, I want to, like, chomp it in the bit. Like, let's bring on these last day calamities, right? Well, I just want to testify to you that we do not even comprehend how dark and ugly those period that time's going to be. And we've been given this little brief period where the prophet said rest and get your vitamins to allow everybody to make a choice. You have a decision to make. The decision that President Eyring just said. You can look at all of these things that are available to you and say, eh, that's not for us. That was for somebody else. Or you can start to get introspective. And if you're not there, figure out how to get there. Right? And if you've already received, a lot of people are telling us, well, I feel blocked. Like the Lord's not speaking to me anymore. And as we go through the mentoring process, we come to find out it's because the Lord already told them to do something and they didn't do it. It happens to me all the time. I'm like, oh, I feel like the heavens are closed. And the Lord's like, they are. And I'm like, oh, did I not do something I was supposed to? He's like, do you need to ask? And I'm like, yeah, uh, no, I know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It is time to, to make a choice, right? One of those choices, too, real quick, is it, sometimes it's just accepting what you've been told, yeah. right? Like, literally just being like, okay, I don't completely understand that, but I accept it. Yeah. And then the Lord helps you completely understand it. So I just want to testify to you all in the name of Jesus Christ that these blessings are available, and they are for you as a covenant. I'm trying to remember exactly how the prophet said it. You are here for a purpose. You are the most valiant. You are saved to be here on the earth right now. And all of these blessings and promises, and we barely scratch the surface, are available to you if you choose it. And I bear testimony of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I, I bear the same testimony. I know that these blessings are coming into my life faster than I can keep up with. The Lord is literally telling you, brothers and sisters, that the kingdom is ours and we need to accept it and we need to, to take that at face value and start moving forward. And I testify that that's true and don't look back. And regardless of, <clears throat> of what the implications are, even if people reject you, your family disowns you, it, at all costs means at all costs. If you want the fullness of the blessings, you've got to put the fullness of your sacrifice on the altar and the Lord will take care of you. And I testify that's true in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I also just want to add this because this came to my mind that you may feel like you're alienating people initially as you step forward. 
but that quote that we share often about letting your light shine so that other people can um, see it, right? Don't cast your pearls before swine, blah, 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 blah. All those things why people don't stand up and share what they're experiencing. The, I'm not saying that that principle's not true. Obviously, you're not going to cast it before somebody who's evil and shouldn't be hearing it. But we should be willing to share these experiences and what we're experiencing with other people because when somebody sees you step up, they're like, oh, I can do that too. Let's remember Abinadi, right? He walks into a room of darkness as a light. He only lit one other light. But that other light that Abinadi lit, lit millions yeah. of people That's over right. time. So be that person. Even if it's only one person in a room of 100 people that come up to you afterwards and you say something in Sunday school and they're like, I needed somebody else to say that because I'm feeling the same thing. You've just done the Lord's work. That's right. Even if other people judge you because another 99 people might be like, you're a lunatic. <laughs> Who cares? Christ was labeled a lunatic. That's right. Yep. All right. So we're done for today. We could go on and on. Um, but real quick, I just want to do some housekeeping things. Um, so we've had some questions come up about His Simple Truths and how it operates. So I just want to answer those really quick. Um, so we kind of talked about this, but I'm just going to hit on it again. His Simple Truths is a nonprofit organization. Okay. And its only purpose is to connect people to the Savior. We don't charge for any of the truths that we share. We know, we fully recognize that they're free and available to everybody. All of the quotes that we shared with you today are literally off LDS.org, right? So they're free, available to anybody that wants to seek after them. All we do is gather them up, organize them, and present them in a, in a way that people can uh, relate to. So um, we don't charge a fixed price to listen to the podcast, to participate in our mentoring programs, or to come to the seminars. We literally rely 100% on the donations that come from you guys, from individuals. On our website, we have a suggested donation amount, but we do not exclude anyone if they don't have the financial means to donate. Um, the generosity and grace of other people who donate more than the suggested amount cover those who don't have the means. Um, which has just been amazing to watch happen, right? The donations that we receive go first and foremost to covering our hard costs, the website, podcast bandwidth, travel for us, and other fixed costs. Um, Tyson and I are also now working full-time for His Simple Truths, and it's our primary source of income. Yeah, we're not looking to get rich off of it by any means, just to have sufficient for our needs and continue to do the work. I got to tell you, for one of the first times in my life, I wake up in the morning and I'm super excited to go about my day, right? Because I get to be in the presence of so many amazing people all day long and get to feel the spirit and get to see them remember who they are and why they're on the planet and to, to move forward with what they're supposed to be doing. The fruits of the donations that have come in, gosh, I wish that we could share with you what we get to see on a daily basis, right? Lives lives are being changed. Yeah. People's hearts are being turned to the Lord in ways that I never anticipated. Yeah, me neither. I mean, we're, that brother that we talked about, that we gave the blessing to, like he's not in a situation where he can do much to help, but it doesn't matter. And the fact that Greg and I were able to give him that powerful blessing yesterday um, because we met him through his simple truths. And he, this guy, I'm telling you, like... 
just just wait. Someday we'll we'll point him out yeah. <laughs> because he'll be that well known. Like it's yeah. just going to happen. And the ripple effect has been even more amazing. You know, we help one person and they go help ten, right? Yep. So it just expands and ripples and continues to roll forward. Um, yeah, we just humbly ask you for your continued support, right? If you have the means and you feel prompted to donate, um, you know, know that that's going to go to the Lord's work and that you'll be blessed for those those efforts for sure. Um, if you know somebody who likes to donate to a good cause that maybe isn't listening to the podcast and you feel prompted to reach out to them, you know, we appreciate that as well. Um, especially as we move forward with this new program that we're going to announce in our next podcast. Um, it's going to be awesome. And we will definitely need some help to get an office space and do some things that we need to do with that. So anyway, um, just know that we love you. Those of you who have donated, we love you. We appreciate you beyond what you can even comprehend uh, for helping us to do this work. And um, I just got to say this. Greg doesn't even know I'm going to say this, but Mesa, Phoenix area, the Lord has us coming that way. I don't know when, um, but the Lord has just over and over told me that that's one of our next places to do a live event. So just know that we're we're doing our best to uh, help help ourselves get there or have the Lord help us get there. So You guys are in the crosshairs for sure. Exactly. All right, guys. We love you. God bless you until we meet again. Hoorah for Israel.